Today's show is brought to you in partnership with GiveSum. GiveSum is a platform that got on my radar last year. I've been watching with anticipation as they built out their solution. What they have built is brilliant. It's an online platform that allows companies who are already giving to seamlessly engage their employees in the experience by allowing them to choose the causes that matter most to them and choosing where the funds are donated. As my listeners know, I believe that corporate giving needs to be a table stakes when it comes to how we as leaders run our companies. And I also know that sometimes those donations and acts of support don't always connect to the people on our teams. GiveSum solves that problem by creating a bridge where you as a leader can now allow your team to select the causes and charities that matter most to them, and then, through the platform itself, receive direct feedback on the impact of those funds. Gone is the need for the once-a-year town hall or a company-wide email to share what causes the org supported last year. GiveSome allows your team to pick the charities and get direct feedback on the impact the dollars had. One of the best parts, GiveSum does not take a percentage of the donation. 100% of the dollars donated go directly to the charity and to the people who need it the most. GiveSum works with your company, and for a set fee, they administer the entire process. If you're already giving, which statistically speaking, you most likely are, visit GiveSum.com and find out how you can get your entire company involved in making a difference for the people who need it most. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Miss Joanna Shea. How are you, Joanna? I'm lovely. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I am super excited. You and I are either, uh, already been going. We again should just push record right away and just let it let it let it <laughs> unfold. Um, let's jump in the quick elevator as I always like to do and let everybody in on who you are and what you do. You are the managing partner CEO at ne- the Negotiations Collective. I'm very excited about this topic. What is the Negotiations Collective all about? What do you guys do in the world? And uh, let's have a chat about it. <laughs> you know, quick quick close on that is we help people get more. Like the middle's been missing these days. So we work on more confidence, more trust, more opportunities, more value. But we do that through training advanced or, you know, we can do beginner, but we like to push it, negotiation and conflict resolution skills. So we blend the behavioral psychology and training deployed in the FBI. Some of our partners and senior associates are former FBI undercover and crisis hostage negotiators with commercial negotiation. And, and academia. So whatever we teach, we push with research. We test it ourselves and we've got, yeah, it's just fun. You want more? Come get it. Like, that's more. Us. I love it. We, we're in the more business. Are you interested in more? Yeah. I, I absolutely, a lot of people just leaned in a little closer to whatever device they're listing on right now. I'm curious, and this just notoriously and, and disgustingly so, is this a career path? Do people wake up going, you know what? I'm going to be a negotiator when I grow up. And your guidance counselor gives you the career path. You know what courses to take. Uh, saying this tongue in cheek, because I, I don't feel that that's how many people get into negotiation, unless you're maybe in the services, like you mentioned with the FBI and things like that. How do people typically end up? And you can roll in a little bit how maybe you ended up getting <laughs> into this role. Mm-hmm. Well, if they grew up with my parents' relationship, they would have been great negotiators. <laughs> I started I at an early age. I was five years old. No, um, <laughs> kidding aside, I came from the energy industry. So I've negotiated acquisitions, divestments, mergers, very large scale and some small scale in the energy, utilities, infrastructure, and construction industry. So it was negotiating. And I grew up with some great mentors and teachers and people I worked with. But we were often focused on the ROI, your return on investment, mm. or then you know what's the net present value? What what's going to make this merger? What's going to make this purchase help us optimize our assets? 
Uh, and what we never got trained in, and like I grew up at British Petroleum, we went through some really rigorous training, like three weeks, 16 hour days focused on negotiations. Uh, but again, it was always about the money. There were people components, there's cross-cultural consideration, but we were never taught to profile. And so about five years ago, I started doing some research. And then my, we teach this, my strategic network expanded and met some individuals who'd been trained by the FBI or were former FBI. And they're like, Joanna, you know business, we know people. I said, yeah, why are you talking to me? Am I getting arrested? <laughs> did, they, did they have FBI across the back of their, their, their windbreaker? <laughs> the Heartland of Homeland Security looks up your profile on LinkedIn. Your reaction should be to crap your pants. <laughs> like, it, that's scary. Um, but they were like, well, pull back. How do you approach negotiation? How do you profile your counterpart before engagement? I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? And we started to trust each other and we started talking and over the past couple of years we've built out curriculum um that that blends like we look at negotiations like a three-legged stool it's first one is strategic networking you know if you don't know who you're dealing with if you don't know what they want good luck like you've got to spend time and and you know western cultures we're more individualistic you know, Asian cultures, they're more collectivism. Mm -hmm. right? We need to spend more time getting to know who we want to get what we want. That's leg one. Leg two is that like when conflict comes and it'll come, it'll come hard and it'll come fast. If you don't know how to respect yourself and your counterpart, control your reaction, respond tactically, you're never going to get to the third leg of the stool. That's negotiations. Mm. You know, that's where more is created. So there's a process. You've got a plan. You, you need to know what the end game looks like before you sit down. Is that a little bit of a phenomenon or maybe a, a end result of just this need for speed of like, oh, we'll get, we'll figure out the details later. We just need to get the deal done. We need to get it closed by Friday. Like we're so speed oriented. And again, I've had the opportunity to do business with other cultures and that's yeah. not, it's a different mindset for sure. No, we'll figure out everything before because once we're in business together, we'll probably be in business together for a long time. So we're going to review everything, but I, we're so quarterly results or meeting your sales objectives for the month or the number of deals you close is, is that just a direct symptom of this addiction to the speed? Uh, I'm oversimplifying it, but it feels like it's the big hammer that always gets thrown around that forces you to quote unquote cut corners. I'm leery of quoting Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. but he's the one that said those quarterly ends like drive businesses to make poor decisions. Yes, totally. Short term. Like you got a gun anyone. to your head, you got to deliver. Yeah, yeah. And I can tell you when I'm running late, <laughs> I don't make good decisions. <laughs> like I miss turns, like I'm totally human. Yeah. Um, so flip that to negotiations. Right. If you intentionally want to muck with somebody's head, you throw a schedule out. You know, skilled negotiators, we push back real quickly and say, let's extend that anchor. Mm. Right. And, and so, so time like you have to respect it. Like the CRA or the IRS, uh, Canadian Revenue Agency, for those that are listening, or yep. the Internal Revenue Services, you have to listen to their ends or you're going to get arrested <laughs> or get a big fine. Um, but even then, sometimes there's flexibility if you talk to the right people and bring them along for the journey. So time is a real thing, Tyler. Like it's, you have to respect it. But if it starts to make you a bit sweaty, 
you need to stop and you need to slow down and you need to push back kindly. Like you can be strong, but you can be kind. To the point is everything can be negotiated if... Everything. Yeah. You use the word anchor, which I love, and I see it come up in a lot of different contexts. We all have our, we set the, set the high anchor, like, yeah, yeah, using that concept. Is that a huge factor in in like thinking of these things as anchors that can then be moved, but they, they often look permanent when you first look at them. Yeah. Like, so when you and I were talking before recording, um, I love Dan Ariely. He is a, a social psychologist. His books are just fabulous. His research methodology, I think funny. Some people would probably be offended in the woke days that we're in. Um, but this book, book, Predictably Irrational, it talks about um, oh, arbitrary coherence. Okay. So, so, so arbitrary coherence is when somebody throws a number out there that has nothing to do with your rate, but it's been planted. And that big number impacts your brain. Like I'm going to give you an example. Oh, those damn litigators, right? They're $1,000 an hour. That's a ludicrous rate, especially for the time that they spend with you. I'm only 450. (laughs) What a deal. (laughs) What a deal, right? Like, I mean, that's, it's sneaky. And so practitioners, they understand that even though that wasn't an anchor, you just planted a seed. And, and anchor, influence like, perception. Damn straight. And, and so you got to, you got to be eyes open, ears open, be defensive. So like anchoring, it's, um, it can be time. It can be price. It can be scope. It's, it's just locking down on where you want to start. And I will caution that if somebody's not prepared in a negotiation, like shut your mouth. <laughs> don't put, honestly don't put a number out there unless you can back it yeah how how critical is it to set those anchors first like you know the class the classic let's just do an employee, employee negotiation who puts out <laughs> the salary expectations the range the like what are you hoping to get versus well geez yep. that's too high i was just debating this with some of my team the other day like well we, we you always want them to say it first right i'm like <laughs> well do you what if they come back with some crazy number and now you're negotiating against a made-up thing and we were debating yep. it back and forth so in a situation like that what would be your perspective? That's way oversimplified, but let's bring it back to something that most of our listeners can probably relate to one, uh, okay. one side or the other. For anyone who's listening, do your research, lock yourself in a room and figure out what you're worth. Yeah. Cause there's so the much data out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that. right. Like if you walk in blind, you're like, you deserve to get your clock cleaned. <laughs> you do. Yeah. It's your own damn fault. So own it. Um, so, like if you're members of associations like a PEGA uh, and engineers of Alberta or engineers, geoscientists, BC, or for anyone who's listening, HR associations across Canada, CPA, they've got the competitive intelligence on salaries. And as a member, you should get access to it. Look it up. Hmm. And if you're exceptional at your job, then you should push for more. If you're just you know, if you're a great person that's delivering what needs to be done and you're never going to do more than what you're supposed to do, don't flex too hard, honestly, because that'll bite you down the road. Yeah. But do your research, know your value, and set the anchor so that they have to sweat and negotiate with you. So now the employer is also listening to this. Damn straight. Yeah, it's kind of, it feels like <laughs> so ve- very, sim- it's very similar advice around yeah. really know what you're going back to the point of being prepared and taking it seriously. Is there well, a- the entire premise real estate yeah. industry? Yeah. Why do you think they have the prices out there? Hmm. How much 
you mentioned it earlier about the the, hum, the human side of this. Like, how often? <laughs> sorry, I'm asking, already laughing. Does our own messiness, our insecurities, our sense of value, our perception of ourselves, our perception of others, completely mess this up? <laughs> I don't have research on that. <laughs> yeah. I I'd love to because it's such a good question. Um, but for me, inexperienced Joanna, more often than not. Mm, okay. Back, back to tra- why, why training matters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Condition yourself for those situations because we yeah. become emotional and we get messy. Oh my God. And it's like, and, and, and it's just being, it's quote unquote being human, but it's training is what saves you from that in any context of, 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 of life. Add stress, well, add emotion, add bad decision, uh, outcome, bad decision making or ineffective decision making. <laughs> well, let's be kind to ourselves. Okay. Okay. Let, like, let's be kind. <laughs> um, we all get triggered. Mm. We all do. And I think the, the self-worth self-reflection piece is like, okay, like when I get pissed off, when I know I'm about to get my amygdala hijacked, my right nostril flares. <laughs> That's your tell. <laughs> That's like, your tell. Warning, warning. Right. And, and I, my, um, I get asymmetrical, my right, like there's a, there's a trigger I see in myself. I know it happens. And that means the best version of me is not at the table. Mm. And if that happens, I immediately slow down. I push it off. Yep, I'll ask more questions. I will push off a point of getting to a point where we start like value negotiations or schedule because I'm ill-prepared. How did you arrive at understanding that tell? Was that through working with some of your friends from the FBI? Like that feels like that feels like that was coached and someone says, Hey, do you want to want to let you in on something about you? Like I'm assuming that came through also doing the work to to take the time to figure that out. Yeah. And so that's where about the kindness is that so Melissa, one of our senior associates, former FBI undercover, um, she was talking about a a de-escalation training she was in where like she was bagged and like she was hit pretty hard. Like that's what training is. It's it's getting yourself ready for the worst. So she was kidnapped, um, and and she said it was absolutely incredible because she knew it was a training module, and she reacted like life or death. Hmm. And she's trained. Like this is a person who's been with the bureau for twenty two years, and she reacted that way. So you and me, we don't have bags thrown over our head, and we're not physically assaulted to prep us for stress stress reaction um so somebody with that rigorous level of training still reacts not the best version of themselves we need to be kinder to ourselves mm-hmm. appreciate that and so for us it's it's really recognizing when you're about to get pissed off when you're about to blow that beautiful brain we've all worked so hard to develop it's gone and you're going to need honestly like four to six hours to get it back so do whatever you can to push off a decision like pretend you got an upset stomach go to the bathroom like (laughs) just slow it down do you find generationally because i'm assuming you work with people from all cultures all all ages is there are we starting to get a little more awareness or a little more acceptance or more an appreciation for what you just said? And I'm, the reason I bring that up, there's so many more, so much more literature out there about you know the role of trauma in our lives and the role of what happened to oh. us and why we react the way we do. And yet I have a lot of friends, older generation, like <laughs> waste my time with that bullshit. Just fucking get it done. 
you know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing 17 people yeah, that yeah, come yeah, to okay. mind immediately. But I've also got a lot of friends and probably feel like I'm in the middle sometimes that are like so much more aware of like, oh, yeah, now I'm understanding why I reacted that way. And there seems to be a trend for a little bit more of that self-awareness at a deeper level, which sounds to me like a real solid foundation for being better at negotiation, just to, just to put it in a bucket. Are we seeing a trend where we're now spending more time thinking about that in, in the corporate setting? Yes, no, maybe so. Meh. <laughs> it's my tactical response. Meh. I'm hopeful. Like I'm building this business around finding the middle again. Yeah. I get, I get, mm. um, I don't want to be political in terms of like what party I vote for and who I believe in. I, I, my job is to find good and all mm-hmm. and to push for more. Right. But I get, I get cranky when you're with friends, you're at a dinner party, you're at an event and they're like, those goddamn NDP, those disgusting right-wing conservative, those like woke-ass le- left or liberals, you know, or those, th- what, the, what the hell is the Green Party doing? You know, you can't run the c- economy on farts. Like it's, it's, that's so, it's so dismissive and it's so derogatory because pause for a second, there's actually re- really good policy in all of them. Mm-hmm. There's some really crap stuff too. Uh, in, in, in all of them, to your point. In all of them. There's crap and there's good. So, wow, what if we could work together again? What if we stop dividing and stop being so dismissive and condescending and looking for the good instead of slagging one another? Which ultimately, when you make a broad sweeping statement like that, usually any learning or any new opportunity, like it, it completely stops it in its tracks, right? Your ability, yeah, it's tried. It's done. It's finished. Mm. It, you you officially like when you start blaming and saying they're no good those damn conservatives those damn liberals those damn NDP you've created a tribe mm-hmm. us versus them yeah which stops because then they become you dehumanize them through doing that right mm-hmm. yeah you do you put them in the garbage bin they're not worthy of a seat at your table so when you are brought in to work with the team bringing it back to mm-hmm. the, the, the corporate world which you work in um yeah is it usually hey we just want to get more which I, I love or is are you starting to you know i guess meeting teams where they're at what are you kind of seeing like what are some of the trends is it typically like you told me a little bit of story offline about it you know very process driven uh, yeah. quantitative going you know what i appreciate that there's another side to this i'm going to deliberately learn it are you seeing more of that and obviously that's probably the sweet spot where your business lives in those companies that are like there is more and we realize it might be in places we haven't explored before <laughs> so i'm like i'm next level nerdy my <laughs> motivators for all things is learning first earning second. Okay. So we, I guess I'm pitching now. So hello everybody, Negotiations Collective, but um, we customize it all. Okay. Like we've got our base material, you know, half day, one day, two day, three day of advanced negotiation and conflict resolution. But when we engage our clients and to my competitors, this is what we do. Um, we send out an intelligence form. So we ask a lot of very, very pointed questions on goals. So what basically your, 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 your discovery process, because if you're going to customize yes. it, you got to really understand Absolutely. who you're working with. And okay. so, I appreciate that. And yeah. so we lace in our learning and time spent with those leaders into the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So every discussion is based around their goals and the focus. And we challenge in a very kind, but strong way. And then we kind of go to the next level, Tyler, because a lot of like departments will come at us and be like, our external 
suppliers or our like our clients suck and we need to get more and push for more and i'm like can we just uh, pause for a second you brought in as a swat team <laughs> yeah right absolutely yeah. Uh, and we will get it for them but we push and say let's just look in the mirror and let's talk about your internal challenges as well because that's that's a magical thing is when you know we work with like no a no joanna it's all them we are right. it's all right. them back to we, the tribe it's the us so versus we try them and break down the tribes okay i appreciate that yeah yeah and so we get so to play easy to do because we do it intrinsically as humans because we find safety in it because that's where yeah. we it came from like right right raw finance department raw accounting <laughs> department raw hr doesn't know anything raw engineering raw project management it's all their fault nah that's that's a communication problem mm. and so we'll get we get very targeted like hey let's talk about external let's talk about internal like we we map it for them and the valuable. results are, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it is. Because yeah, no. we break it down for them and we'll push, 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 push. And then we get to have those conversations and we protect the leaders. Talk to me about this questionnaire a little bit because I'm listening now. And, my hope, I, I, and if you're still listening, usually by 20 minutes, you're leaning in, you're, you're hooked. <laughs> so what are some of the questions or what are some of the questions that you go to? Like, I, I, like, I don't want to call them kill questions, but what are those questions that are like, okay, like how they answer these three or four? What are some of the things that could just to get us all thinking as we're listening here? Okay. So for anyone who's listening, humor me because we also do pre-work. Okay. Like we, we, we dig. Let Tyler. me guess. Like you the, learn about them before you work with them. What? Wild. You, you mean you practice what you preach? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I have so much fun She's doing it. She's got my LinkedIn profile up on her screen right now and probably some <laughs> record of something. Anyways, my secret. That, triggers, triggers, triggers. That, that triggers. permanent file they always told me about in elementary school that all my stuff was going into. Do you have that? <laughs> yeah. If, if I need it. <laughs> Good yeah. answer. We've got the guys that do the extraction. So if anyone he does have a kidnapping, that's not our team, but we have another group that we prefer yeah, work you, to. You, you, you know the right humans for that thing okay yeah. anyways we digress yeah <laughs> we digress. yeah so don't talk back rar no, i'm kidding <laughs> i'm joking. joking not joking um, um uh, okay so so for anyone who's listening i think self-awareness and reflection like we all want to be better me too i'm working on it on a daily basis <laughs> i'm not perfect i'm human that's my husband uh but look at a negotiation that was a success self-reflect on it do this exercise and write down the top three to five things that you did that kicked ass. Why did it work? Like really break it down. Okay. Then flip. When did you get your clock cleaned? Like when did you walk away with a broken nose, cracked ribs and go, Oh my God, that sucked. For the record, if you take the time to write down the three or four things or five things, 10, whatever, that you did wrong, you're going to learn more from that failure mm. than you will from your success. Because you bathe in your glory when you win well, yeah, and you don't course. stop and think about why you failed. Listen to the applause. Yeah. yeah. Rah, rah. Oh my God. Everyone thinks I'm amazing. Rah. You don't learn a thing there. Zero. <laughs> yeah. It, oftentimes um, I'd argue there was probably some, some quote unquote bad behaviors that happened in there and you just had them validated, which is even more dangerous because mm-hmm. <laughs> the next time they yeah. might blow up and you're like, God, it worked perfect last time. The value yeah, of a well, debrief and 
again, I'd love to talking about the services, just use the FBI or the Homeland or military. I know lots of friends that grew up through military and yeah, the time they spend on training and yeah. practice, like 95% prep, 5% execution, where it seems to be the opposite often in the corporate world where it's 95% oh, activity, 5%, and maybe we'll sneak in a debrief. But then sometimes that just turns into finger pointing and someone telling someone they did something wrong. Is that also just a little bit of a symptom of, of a bit of a broken model that doesn't allow yeah. us to reflect in that way? Because we're so busy running forward to, into the next disaster. Like I grew up in the corporate world. I think there's so much good there. I like one of my bosses. I loved him so much. I invited him to my wedding. Nice. Right. He was, he was, he had two daughters. Ken, if you're listening, like he was, <laughs> he was magnificent for me. He watched my back. He covered my six. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there's so much, there's so much good there, but the training is a miss. Okay. Got it. Like, you know, for anyone, the younger generation, if you're listening, there's so much sex appeal start with a startup, right? Like going to a junior co, all of that. But the big companies, they're very process driven. And I, you know, my career was birthed at British Petroleum. So it was my first three years there. I don't even know how much money they spent on me on training. They had a very, very formal mentor-mentee process, and I was moved into three very different silos within the organization to negotiate and handle financials. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Excel, by the way. <laughs> but uh, it, it, that rigor, because when you've got that training, when the rubber hits the road, you're going to fall back on that. And if you've just been helter-skelter, and you're in high stress, you're going to panic. You're going to panic. You're going to say something you regret. You're going to make a bad decision and you're going to get burned. What is it? You don't, you don't rise to the level of your potential. You fall to the level of your training. Is that, or some, yeah. I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but yeah, it's, you, you triggered yeah. me when you said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and I do it's, appreciate it's, the, the value of like in large organizations because they're so process driven. A lot of times people in small companies, startups where they just don't have the time or the bandwidth where larger companies are better at, at those different things because they kind of have yeah. to, right? To keep their infrastructure in place. But I will say we do work with some larger firms and you know for anyone who's a learning development leader it's very nice to meet you some of the programs in there are my goodness they're powerful um but there's a lot of weak sauce okay it's it's taupe like see that sexy gray wall behind me <laughs> yeah it's like that it's like yeah, yeah. it's about that sexy it's, it's, um it's a sexy sexy shade of medium of beige yeah, yeah. like it, it's training that you have to tick a box with it's not training with an objective to push for more. Well, that's also getting to the world of, edu of education in general and how rapidly yeah. and how, mm -hmm. you know, well, no, we've got this program in place. It's been in place for X amount of years. It's like, well, if you're not really reviving, revive, like reviewing that, it's kind of, kind of seeming on a 90 to 180 day cycle. It's falling out of step yeah. somewhere al 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 along the way. Okay, so we, the debrief, the value of looking at the good, the looking at the, 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 the beatings. Um, any other kind of, in that initial checklist or when you're doing your, your, your intelligence form, some of the things that show up on there that make you go, oh, okay, we're going to really zero in on this just again to give people a little bit more oh gosh so that what i gave you that like pre-post prepares that's the pre-work yeah yeah that's just the that's the pre-work that's okay. to prep them and then also thinking about like what they're in because okay. a lot of people left brain in particular that we work with like engineering groups project management they're very process driven and i know better than to pin them you need that type of mind to have time to consider 
if you try and surprise them, they're going to get caught and then it's not going to be the best version of themselves. So that pre-work helps them get into the mindset. But that that questionnaire, it's big on SWAT, Tyler. Okay. Like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats of the team. It's the leader thinking deeply, no blame there, mm-hmm. on what they do great, what they could do better. Yeah. Right? What's what's a risk? What aren't they considering? And then like, you know, defining success and then a number of questions on value, negotiation outcomes, um, profiling their counterparts, et cetera. And with a lot of you mentioned people coming in like, ah, oh, we need to better negotiate this or we're getting beat up over here and we need to like all those fight words that come out sometimes. Yeah. Is it a dance no. or is it, is it a fight? But then you come back and go, well, let's talk about what you did wrong. Is there, is there, are there some pushback moments there? I'm always interested in the messy, in the messy humanness of like, well, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm asking you to help me like negotiate against these people, not ask what we're not good at. <laughs> I'm assuming there's some moments of transition there where like, well, wait a second, this isn't what I'll be signed up for. So I think the the first thing there is that no one's going to disclose or admit to a failure if you're attacking their ego. Yes. Right? Like make it safe. You have to make it safe. Like you talk about safe spaces. It's like, well, what are you going to put someone in a padded room when you have a tough conversation with them? That's not reality. But it's, it's not um, a bad idea, but <laughs> yeah, they still hurt themselves. It's true. <laughs> um but just you, ha- you can't attack the ego. So in those types of conversations, like admittedly, some clients have made us sign CAs before they disclose on our intelligence form. Mm-hmm. They're, they're that conscientious of what they're working on, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're in those situations, it's, again, why we do the pre-work is to make sure we don't trigger. So we touch on topics that are hot, gently. And we'll push on it in a way that no one is attacked because I will admit three years ago in the beginning, I depicted a scenario in a role play. I designed one for this one company and oh boy, did I hit the nail on the hammer and someone blew up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that was my fault for, though my harm was unintentional. I didn't prepare as much as I well, you, could have yeah. for this client. You got to play at that three to 10 in terms of intensity, not the eight out of 10 right out of the gate. Yeah. Right? Mm. You betcha. Something I learned years ago, even in a coaching, I did a bunch of NLP training years ago from a coaching perspective and mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Got a lot out of it. And some of those little tidbits, but how, you know, how quickly can you make it like, you know, I'm just holding up something. No one can see what I'm holding. We're talking about this. The issue is here. The issue isn't you did this wrong. Let's get it. Let's move it away from that, taking it personally and getting it external. And just Mm -hmm. how simple that can be of like how we hook into things and it becomes an attack on us very quickly. And that's where that past story and when you've been attacked before and like the, 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 the script starts to run, right? And a lot of us have those scripts buried and we don't even realize what triggers. We don't really realize what flares our left, our, our, our right and our left nostril. <laughs> yeah, watch out, watch out. Yeah, yeah. It's just, her eyebrows going up. Oh no, run. But that's a really interesting balance of like, as you come into those environments, how do you set up scenarios? I was going to ask you about role-playing. I'm assuming that plays a yeah. huge, huge part of it. And I know myself having a background in like some tactical training and some of that environment, the, the instructor is yeah. always trying to stimulate stress because yeah. great, 
you're at the gun range and you're shooting holes in paper. No one's shooting back at you. Not that we live in Canada, so the odds of that happening. But when you when you train with ex-military or else, they're always trying to push you into the red zone all the time because that's when all of a sudden your hands become clubs and your eyes close and your ears don't work anymore. And you kind of literally fall apart <laughs> in real time. Well, so when we do our conflict resolution training, we, um, we have to de-stress. Mm. And again, that's because if you, oh my gosh, the, the the triggers are real. The traumas are real and you need to respect them. Mm. But we'll give a scenario where it's a, it's a role play. It's a five minute piece of cake. But someone reads something about their role played self that's positive and warm and lovely. And someone comes at them, fires like guns a blazing, verbal, verbal assault, like real strong. And we, um, we came up with, uh, an acronym called the fears. And, and so we, we do research on this. Um, so when you're triggered, it's, you know, you can go ma- do Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You can go deep, 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 but it's in the corporate environment with us white collar folks or blue fears is, was there a lack of fairness? Was there a lack of empathy? Was there a lack of autonomy? Or was there a lack of recognition? And it's a really fascinating thing when we can train ourselves to identify which of the four is our main trigger. Like, is it fear so or fears? Did I hear you? Did you? Is it fear? Well, because there's four of them. We we add. Oh, on so the I was S. like, "What's the S stand for?" I'm waiting for the S. <laughs> S means it's simple. <laughs> the fears, but it's a okay. Got it. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, gotta give you the S. Okay, no, no, thank no, no. you. So it's the fears. Yeah, no, I, lo- and, and I love so, a good, I love a good acronym. It's easy. Well, acronym. right, because we're we're simple. Yeah. Like, let's oh, let's just do something simpler, we can the, remember. The, the simpler, the better. Mm. And well, and here's you want to get like super nerdy. So my full disclosure, everyone listening, my triggers autonomy. Don't tell me what to do. Ever. I have no I have no idea what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, friends on. (laughs) But did you know of the thousands of professionals we've worked with today? We survey. We we are creating our own research database on triggers Mm -hmm. and moves and offers and counter offers. And twenty point seven percent of the professionals we've worked with to date. Their trigamy or their trigamy, their trigger is autonomy. I like you're making up words, Jonas. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so twenty. Is, so is it relatively evenly distributed? Because we got three no. more. And we're already at twenty. So what, what's the lowest? Fair, fairness is I, like I'd have to break it up because I wanted to talk about autonomy. That's okay, my big okay, one. Okay. I, I love again. Um, you're giving me some numbers and some structure here. I love this. <laughs> yeah, but but so let's just focus on the autonomy okay. for the sake of this conversation. And I, I, by the way, we can even break it down by um, professional or prof- profession. Oh, so interesting. Okay. Engineering, accounting, project managers, business development, sales, uh, procurement. Like we, we have it broken down by profession, which is, you can see the, it's just so fascinating. I love it. But with the autonomy, that means one out of five professionals in our work environment, in the corporate world, if you tell them what to do, they're going to buck. Hmm. So as a leader, as a teammate, as a human, we'd all be very wise to wink, wink, moral of this podcast, profile our counterpart to understand what their triggers are so you don't create conflict where there didn't need to be any. And that profiling... 
because again, back to your, your rule of we need to keep it simple or else it just becomes yeah. too much. And so yeah. what I'm hearing also is some of these kind of key factors, although it might only be one piece of information or like, oh, if this person is an engineer, statistically we'll say that they'll this, yeah. there's other indicators. How many, like when you profile, how many, how deep or how much, con- uh, how big is that profile? <laughs> so I find a well, simple way to ask the question. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's not like I get days with my clients. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Well, I mean, sometimes I do, yeah. but I'm lazy. I just ask them. So, <laughs> so, but in a negotiation setting, you don't always get to ask that question. You get to, yeah, you get to watch enough. behavior. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, before well, we meet tomorrow, can you give me just a profile of your team? Like who's autonomous, well, who really cares about fairness? They'd be like, what, what a weird tactic. I think you'd throw them off just by asking the question. <laughs> so I think deploy conversation auditing. If you're trying to profile that don't take up less than, or more than 50% of the airspace. So listen, and then when you're listening, you're going to hear their words. If someone says that's not fair, red flag. Yeah, right. If they're using I feel, there's a lot of feelings there. If they're pushing on options, they're pushing back on you. And like, I mean, honestly, in recognition, if they're wearing bright and sparkly things or like labels or that, that they want you to know that they're a big person or they're pushing their title recognize them for their power to soften them. Mm-hmm. So really listen to understand. Yeah. yeah. Not just listen to wait for your turn to speak. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and oh my gosh, like admittedly we're on a podcast. I am trying to listen deeply to your questions, but I am already noting that I'm jumping to answer. Mm. And that's not a good thing when you're negotiating with somebody and we're not, we're having fun. We are having a blast, but yeah, I recognize that. And so, Again, I'm not going to turn this into a therapy session, or maybe, maybe, maybe we already <laughs> have for who? I don't know. Mm, for both, that's a good. But maybe both podcasts, we both walk away going, "Wow, that was." I feel better about myself. Um, <laughs> jumping to the end, you know, I love jumping to the end because my brain goes, "Boom, I got it!" Oh, boom, I got it! And I feel good about that. I feel good about getting there. And I've realized I've often robbed myself of the ability to let it show what go where it's going to go because I already thought I knew the answer and maybe I did but there's probably lots of times I didn't I just don't celebrate those times what's driving that because if you sell if, if you share a similar I'm using this opportunity to go okay that sounds very familiar to me you know first of all getting that under control is maybe sell, is just being aware of it but also what's what's driving that for you <laughs> we'll go from there so the question is when you already think you know the end yeah like you said you're already jumping ahead I do oh, something oh, similar. Like I do, yeah, yeah, okay, I do okay. something very similar, and I enjoy it. I'm like, oh, it feels rewarding to jump forward and go. Oh, I already know. I already know where we're going. And you kind of said that a little bit. I, I do it. I know other people that do it. It's very easy when you're trying to show value. Also, that sometimes you jump too quick and you actually step over the client or the the, the other party. I should say. See, I'm thinking deeply. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm practicing what I preach. I just took a, a couple of very slow, deep breaths. Mm. Right, because I'm getting excited. I'm leaning in, talking to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no, wait, we're not birthing a baby. Um, but it's, I'm leaning into you. I'm excited. And when you get excited, you're jumping to answering already. So I just had to do some box breathing. Mm-hmm. Right, the in, out, in, out, do you do four seconds? Down. Is that your box? Yep. Yeah. Four, yeah, four try, box. Yep, yeah. To get that oxygen in. Yep. And then then you're better suited to answer. Or, or, or for anyone, like I get, when I really like someone and I'm negotiating with them, I'm in danger 
of giving away more than I should. So I actually quite literally make myself physically uncomfortable when I'm negotiating with someone that I'd like, if it's a big deal. And for anyone who's listening, you just completely changed the tempo of the conversation. You slowed it way down because yeah. I mirror and match as well. So I'm like, oh, okay. But if you would have went up, I would have kept going with you and like, let's mm-hmm. go crazy. Let's like yell at each other for the next 10 minutes. This yeah. is going to be great. But yeah. you've very deliberately and that human nature to be like, oh, we're in sync. So now I've now lowered down and the yeah. audience is like, oh, finally, I can keep up with these two crazy people. Um, <laughs> but I love it. That's such a great example of you completely change the tone, which i.e. the speed of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So now everybody maybe has a little bit more of a chance to think even though I really enjoyed the other part just for the record (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and mirroring matching yeah really appreciating the rhythm and the how much is rhythm and cadence a a part of this because that is human interaction oh I love it (laughs) I know this is collision YYC but I would love to have my partner Scott on here so so the cadence like the modulation Mm. um let me let me give you like a really simple example. So Mary had a little lamb. 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 I said the same thing five times to a nursery rhyme that everybody should know. I suppose in North America, touche. Yep. Uh, but I said it differently. I had five very different intentions. So the same goes for a conversation about a deadline. It could come across as a threat instead of a question. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and again, you controlling your modulation, you have to be in the right mindset. Because when you panic, you get louder and you get faster. And so controlling your modulation, your cadence, even the method of response, like getting very tactical about like, okay, is this going to be like a text war? It better not be if it's important. Is this going to be via email so you can track every single thing? Is it going to be over remote Zoom or in person so you can have eye contact and warmth and really push on the establishment of a relationship? Like really focusing on or in person. Like boardroom, one side versus the other, so it's a battle. Like, so your method of response, your method of communication, like even time of the day. Like, don't catch people hangry. <laughs> I'm stupid, like, Tyler, there's research. It was on, like, judges um, and, and um, releasing early parolee applications. And the numbers between 9 and 10.30 are way more positive than they were from 10.30 to 12 when people's blood sugars were dropping. Yeah, that would be, that would be like, me. I'm like a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah and 1 to 2.30 better than 2.30 to 4. So like if it's an important conversation with a leader and you catch them in the hallway at 3.30, shut your mouth and ask for a meeting in the morning over a coffee. Use the moment for the appropriate yes. thing for that moment, not maybe just to drive your agenda. You said so Don't many. Just go yeah, you said so many things in there that I, I love. Like one, when to break the channel. 
Okay, we're yeah. getting into a slugfest on email. Okay, hey, do you mind if I have a call? Or can I switch yeah. this to email? Or can we te- or text or depending? I love that. Mm-hmm. Something I learned years ago, and this was back to my NLP, was the, the value of, of, of the break state or the pattern interrupt. If you get into where it's not going in the right place, or stop, yeah, it. stop it, break it, like move in a different direction, pause it, do a restart. Like being, But that requires so much self-awareness to not just start yeah. indulging in that moment of like, well, I'm going to text them. I'm going to show them. And you can't even like not pick up your phone. I used to joke to my team, if it feels too good, to push send don't push it you shouldn't send you shouldn't send that email oh my gosh don't, 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 send, do don't send that email <laughs> well, or even let's let's pause a second on like your negotiation team so team composition mm. like this is my business this is what i focus on this is what i believe in this is what i'm passionate about but there's a lot of really skilled negotiators in the organizations that we've worked with mm. but their teams through ego, through lack of self-awareness, through lack of time, don't work with these people. So if you were to start having a mindset of like role-playing, but with your team, you really get prepared. Like sitting with those people that can, you know, turn your justification into Swiss cheese, right? Like just rip it apart, but then you rebuild. And as long as that rip apart is constructive. Well, back to in a safe space, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and not an attack. My gosh, they're going to get more. And then the ability to ladder it up, like starting at, a, you know, and I'm just using the, the one to 10 as the, as the scale, one being low, super low intensity, 10 being like, I'm going to go like nuclear. To the wall. Yeah. Uh, completely. Um, starting off in a manageable state. Even when I was learning my NLP and they were talking about coaching, if you're working with someone and you're helping them move through something, don't pick the biggest, hardest issue that they haven't been able to resolve for 10 years as your first issue to tackle because you're not creating a pattern of success and a pattern of safety yeah. and like start at a two out of 10. But we, again, so easily jump too far because, oh, let's tackle the hard stuff. And, you know, yeah. even sometimes we do campaigns with clients and especially when we're testing out a new channel or a new content mm-hmm. strategy with them. It's like, let's pick a product we know works and successful because you have a lot of intel and then let's maybe just mm-hmm. try it in a new market. Not a new market, a new product, a new messaging and a new channel all at the same time because when you learn nothing and your chance of success is low. <laughs> so it creates a yeah. very poor, you know, uh, operational discipline in the organization. I think that applies in any. I'm just picking one that I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like, I, it, I agree. <laughs> you got to practice. Mm-hmm. It's it's forming habits, like all this stuff that we teach. I'd like to pretend that I'm like an engineer at NASA, like designing models to like save the world. But I'd like to help make the world a better place. <laughs> like this stuff isn't rocket science, but it's no good if you only try it once. You have to commit to forming a habit to become a skilled negotiator. It might not be rocket science, but there's more complexity to it than might what appear at face value, too. I want to play that back to you a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Listening to I you mean, talk, I'm like, well, there is a little bit of rocket science, maybe backyard <laughs> rockets, but there's still rockets, Joanna. <laughs> Fair Everyone's enough. like, you mean she everything you said? You just, yeah. you just dismissed it all. It's, oh, it's super easy. Everyone can do it. <laughs> well, yes, it, we all I mean, can do most things with the work, the time, the effort, and the intention, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm lucky. Like, Tyler, I am surrounded by incredible people in my life. That is, that, that is what a, success looks like in, in, for one of the versions of my world, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a blessing. Yeah. Uh, so we we have fun talking about this stuff and how to prepare and how to push for more and how to get tactical. Uh, but there's a commitment to it. Yeah. 
I'm a smaller organization. I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, the negotiation is maybe me or like maybe it's me and my, and my business partner or, you know, thinking about the team environment and the complexity, like, and I'm stating the obvious, it's still equally as important, but I certainly know it's, it's easier not to find time to do this type of practice. Sometimes when you're in a smaller org with like many, many things on your desk and, oh my God, the negotiator hat's over there and I use it, only use it every few weeks, which makes it even dustier, which is risky. What's your, what are your thoughts or kind of approach for a company or an organization or a group of people that's on the smaller side and it's just one of the many and it's not their main gig? Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you asked that. First, for smaller companies, understand that the Federal uh, Canada Job Grant has a lot of funding out there for training. I appreciate you wear your marketing hat very strongly, Joanna. It's very well done. (laughs) We wear it like a pro. Very done. Nicely done. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, there's there's a lot of things because, like, training it's an investment. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And you really want to know if there's a return on investment. Like, what does it look like? There is with ours, but the grant helps fund this. So say the grant's not accessible for some reason. Okay. Then it's, can you afford the training? But then it's also the time commitment. So if you were to go on this journey, like yourself, Tyler, and like have a commitment to help your team create a habit Friday mornings, once a month, you're going to put a a podcast in front of them. You're going to put a Ted talk in front of them. You're going to give the team a book to read. And then there's going to be a discussion on it, right? Let's talk about it. And then let's challenge each other to go and deploy these. So maybe every month it's the meeting, maybe every two weeks you go back and say, what did you do? How did it work? And then the first couple of times they're going to be like, oh shit, I didn't do anything. I've been busy. You're like, all right, fail. Let's try it again. But it's the iterative learning. Like, and then, and wow, wow, you create a better team environment. We may have done this in a book club environment with um, someone in your industry that I will, re- I will remain nameless who has come out <laughs> hot and heavy in the last bunch of years with content to sink a ship on uh, YouTube. And, uh, you know, um, uh, anyways, it was very interesting to watch the team start to th- go, oh, this doesn't apply to me. You're like, oh, well, wait a second. I'm an account manager. I'm negotiating with clients on this creative or this deadline. It or was this helpful. Approval. It was absolutely helpful. And Good. maybe not all of the lessons were valid. And I, cause I, you bristled yeah. at this name when I said it last time, so I'm avoiding saying it. Um, but it was, it was really interesting how many people felt it didn't apply to them because well, I don't <laughs> negotiate. And I was like, oh, oh, I didn't even really know what that meant. Like I'm not doing hard deal. Like again, we get so much of what we think negotiation is from Hollywood and movies that we watch. Everything is negotiation, in my opinion, like at all levels. Well, and like for anyone who's listening, okay, picture a door that's closed. A negotiation is opening it. (sighs) Mic drop moment. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's all. Open it up. You're going to have to work. There might be some blocks in place, but if you want to see what's on the other side of the door, dig in. Mm. It's closed. Open it. And there's probably more behind the door than there is ahead of it. Back to yeah, the there is. Right. <laughs> um, gotta, you got to have some cool war stories. We probably maybe should have started with some war stories. Really hooked people in. And like, everyone wants to hear about the crazy negotiation that was at, like at the 11th hour. And oh my God, the world was going to blow up. But we managed to pull it across the line. You got any, you got any, got any cool fireside uh, stories you'd like to share? Uh, so, oh yeah, sure. Um, I worked on one that took me three years. Poof, okay. It was about a billion, billion and a half dollars worth of value. A billion uh, with a capital B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. B B B B B B. I was the lead. 
and I was representing 21 companies. So you want to talk about schizophrenia and multiple personalities. I had to put myself in the shoes of 21 different companies. And trust me when I say it wasn't one person within each of those companies I was negotiating with. It was multiple, (laughs) multiple layers, hierarchy, politics, let alone the external lawyers. So I'm the lead negotiating with the 21 to come to an agreement to then negotiate with the counterparty. Oh, wow. Okay. So 21 stakeholders were just on the one side of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Me quarterbacking them to then sit down with the counterpart. Big, well-funded, lots of lawyers. And, oh, man, I was on blood pressure medication. (laughs) I I wasn't sleeping. I was losing hair. I had some other physical side effects to that. That was hard. I got it done. Um, I had, my God, broken nose, cracked ribs, like mental... That took me three months to come down from, hmm. uh, and I hated how it like messed with my head for a while. But coming out of it, God, it was an incredible experience. And I did a look back in the three months I took to decompress. I actually spoke to my client this morning about it, so your question is quite apt. Um, I broke it down. I actually built a case study on that negotiation just out of my curiosity. That Was that part of also your own therapy of, 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 yeah, of, of, of pulling it out of your head? Yeah, it was. Absolutely. I needed to deconstruct it yeah. and say, Self-ca- okay. Self-care. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I did it. I quote, won. But man, I lost a part of me on that. And, mm. and what I could have done better. How I could have been supported better. Like if I were a leader, what could I have done to lay cover for me the person, like, because I wasn't a C-suite at that level, um, what could have made it easier? Uh, and it, yeah, I'm kind of bumbling, but it's I, it, it clearly really had an hard. impact. I'm sensing. Yeah, but that was where I really cut my teeth, and I hope that no one walks out of a negotiation as beaten and broken as I was Hmm. on that. And I hope our training gets people better prepared to push for more and protect themselves. And stay stay whole during the process. Oh God. Yeah. Like I had no boundaries. You know, I was up at, I had no boundaries. It was, I was just, yes, yes, boss. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. You bet. Like my whole identity was revolved around getting this done. And I did have a team supporting me in the background for all of that data. Uh, but yeah, that, oof, that <laughs> I was can, a doozy. I can see a little, a little PTSD for sure. Um, yeah. Was it successful? And that's such a big word to throw out. <laughs> the negotiation at the end. So looking back, yes. What, did all the 20s, wa- 21 walk away with their hill to die on? Yes. Uh, did the counterpart get what they wanted? Yes. Did my company get what they wanted? Yes. It was a success, but it could have been better. From the side of the 21, because that's the side you were on, back to the more. Just in general. Okay. Like the animosity, the cantankerousness, the combativeness okay. in certain situations. Didn't have to be so like, hard. Didn't, we didn't have to oh, be so like shitty. Oh, the legal fees. Like, I mean, those lawyers walked away happy. Fair enough. Well, we, all, but... we, we know who always wins on both sides of a deal. It's the legal <laughs> counsel. And, and, and I'm not slagging lawyers. I yeah. love working with them. I believe in them. They are there to protect 
they're risk mitigation first. It's just they don't think opportunity first. It's risk. Yes, I found when I send a lawyer an agreement, it usually comes back with red, with like red lines, because that's what they, uh, that's what they did. Like, and it's still your decision as a business owner of what you're willing to accept mm-hmm. and not, because at least now you've become aware of it. Yeah, they're there to protect you from worst case scenario, which is a wonderful thing. Um, I appreciate, I appreciate that I could feel the emotion as you were even just telling that story. What are some, we'll close out here with a few, like, what are some of the things in negotiation, like the sayings, the quips, the anecdotes that get thrown around in pop culture that drive you bananas? Like, oh, it's got to be a win-win or never, never split the difference. Or, well, if we both walk away getting something and giving up something, that was a success. There's so many of those, and I'm just picking a few off the top of my head that I've probably said, uh, good or not. Any of the ones that just grind your gears that are like, oh, that is just like, you're, we're misrepresenting this whole thing out there. So understand that, like, say, never split the difference. That's an individual who comes from a background of, like, you do or you die. Yeah. You can't split the difference. You're not, like, half dead. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, maybe some people, and I'm sorry if that's you, but, like, (laughs) but for, for, um, for business, if it's not a one-time thing, like, real estate industry, that's different. You go for the jugular. You're not looking to make friends. It's a transaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like not commercial because those are long-term leases, say, but for for buying or selling a house, I'm not going to be a nice person. I'm going to pay the most or pay the least amount or make the most. Like I think my realtor from Vancouver when we moved back to Calgary is still traumatized (laughs) over me. Well, because they they were your yeah they, they were your muse. Like, I feel yeah for them. Oh yeah, <laughs> go back and say this hard. and say it exactly this way, and they're like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I'm quite yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. good guy, but yeah, I feel that, that um, feels like a uh, reality TV show. But yeah, so we'll, yeah, but we'll like, talk about that after. <laughs> yes, I know a few people will come at me hard on this, but I, like I believe in the win-win. Okay, I fundamentally do. Okay, it's just your win might look different than mine. Well, by, de- by default, define- it will if we really know what's important to us, right? Yeah. It should. It should look different. Like, if you, it doesn't make your win should. bad. I don't need to crush you to no. get a deal, right? Mm. No, I don't mean to slam your face in the mud. Yeah, or break your nose and your ribs. <laughs> yeah, like shame, shame. Yeah. No, like I, I want to. Well, you don't get to do that deal twice, right? You don't get to work with that no, person never. again. Right? And, and that's, that's, not, bus- that's bus- not business. Mm. No, it's not. Yeah. That's like shark water. It, you know, you bite once. Maybe you get a big hunk of meat, but like you're never—you just killed the person you could have had a long-term relationship with. So, um, I, I, I actually don't like it when people shit on win-win. I believe in it. I, I think there is a magical place in negotiations, and it's really hard to get to, but where you've both given your best, you can't create more. Well, is that also the? You know, are we sparring or are we fighting to the death? Are we dancing or am I trying to kill you? Like, that's even the terminology and the words that get yeah. they get used. Play, a, you know, we refer to business as a dance, which is probably much more what it's like. Uh, leading, following versus like I'm going to like I'm going to destroy them and all, like those war words in negotiation. Those don't have a positive connotation for one of the parties. <laughs> no, like if you if you like uh, you know I've my partner's American my family's American like I have a lot of American love love a lot of the US much like Canada but the American mentality in corporate is typically punch first then compromise basically to the middle like they start out strong and roar and like you know you you're on your back heels you get defensive that type of negotiation style fine but you kind of started a war when you didn't need to. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, I don't like that approach. 
I think it's funny when somebody does it with me and then I'm like, wee, I get to play a game. <laughs> oh, oh, it's going to be like that today, is it? Yeah, Sweet. Sure. Yeah. Okay, then I'm going to play this role and I'm going to use these engagement tactics and yada, yada. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll I, think twice before challenging you to, a, to an aggressive well, chess no, match. But like, I think, like Tyler, whatever we do in the future, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, of course. Like if it's good for me and it's good for you, then why wouldn't we explore it? Mm-hmm. I love, no, I love that. <laughs> and if you're going to end up punch first and then eventually negotiate yourself. If you're going to end up that way anyways, and it's not going to be like, why, why go through all that at the beginning? Cause that's what you believe that is the right approach. But if you're all well, going to, if you end up at the same like place, yeah. Can't we not be like that? <laughs> can't we well, just all like, get along, Joanna? <laughs> uh, well, no, cause like some people suck, yeah. but like, it's <laughs> not how it is. But, yeah. Right on. That's not how it is. That's not reality. I don't live in utopia. Neither do you, but like, um, no, definitely not. It's some people just, but also remember some people want to negotiate. They want to, they love it. They have fun with it. So if you're the nice collaborative person who puts everything on the table in the beginning, it's like slow down, be tactical, deploy reciprocity, make sure you're giving data, they're giving data and you learn and then build it. Don't open the kimono too soon. (laughs) Yeah, it's just I've been recently I've recently sold two things on Kijiji, and one guy was the negotiator, and then one lady was not. And the one that was, was I was all prepared. I knew exactly what how I put it online, and it's, we're talking about like an eighty dollar thing. So you're just having fun, literally just having yeah, fun with it. And he's like, "Well, would you take this?" And I said, "Well, no, I was really hoping for this." And he actually had what he wanted to pay in one pocket, and he had the extra ten in another pocket. Like he was all like we were equally prepared. It was amazing. This was a thirty second yeah. transaction in my foyer. This oh, well, here, like and, anyone and who's doing Kijiji it. negotiations. If you've posted a value and someone comes back and says, hey, Tyler, like, what's your best offer? I'll be like, I anchored, you counter. Never counter yourself. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Would you take this? Like, well, I was really hoping for this. Okay. And he literally pulled it out of both pockets. He had it all. It was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I was laughing. Then I sold another thing of the same. And the person's like, oh, great. This is so much better than I have. Here's money. And they just left. And I'm like, oh, I was, I was prepared. I was ready to go. Like, I didn't. I thought I'd priced it a little bit high on purpose to play the game. And they just like, here's the money. I'm so excited. And they ran out of the door. Both were happy with the outcome, but it was very, two very, very different experiences for like a 30 and a $70 item. <laughs> but you just talked about a perfect opportunity, quite frankly, for anybody who's listening, go play on Kijiji. Oh, such a fun. Go play on Facebook Marketplace. Train yourself. Use those as an opportunity to build a backbone. So when it actually matters, you're ready. Oh, I love it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> go look around your house. Trust me, there's something you don't need. Put it on, put it on. <laughs> It feels great, too, to get rid of things and get a few dollars for it. God, it's the best. Oh, yeah, I got it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that thing that now I no longer care about that's taking up room in such and such a place in which we all have in our houses, and you just got 30 bucks for it. But when you were ready to take 20, oh, man, that is like, I feel good for the rest of the evening. <laughs> that's that's an ice cream sundae at Marcus's. Yeah, oh, yes, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a village ice cream guy, so I can't go to Marcus. I'd be cheating on my friend, Billy, so that's, enough. that's <laughs> more complicated. Um, Joanna, so amazing. You and I could go at this for hours. But, um, oh, we pushed past the 52 magic mark that I used to go to. We're up for for an hour. So enjoy your energy, the way you approach it, the way you articulate it, and clearly your experience of like, you've lived it. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) I saw the PTSD in your eyes when when we were living through that. If somebody is dying to, well, you you name dropped a little bit. um, Hopefully they're not dying. We don't don't do the hospital They're they're coming out of their skin (laughs) to learn more. Yeah, no dying. Let's get rid of the kill words. Uh, Predictably Irrational is one of the books that you recommended. Yeah. And sorry, who's the author? Dan Ariely. Dan Ariely, right on. I'm going to take um, one as well. For anyone else, another magnificent book is Influenced by Robert Cialdini. Oh, it's 
Oh, it's like my Bible. <laughs> oh, it's like the Bible. Yes. Um, when I see it on people's bookshelves, I'm like, ah, oh, we're, we, I get you. I get, you. I get you. We're good. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's another great one? A six Minute X-Ray by Chase Hughes. Oh, I haven't heard that. Cool name. Yeah, that's a mind muck. That's a that's an interesting one. Influence psychology um, persuasion is so good. Mandatory. Yeah, Mandatory. and for for anyone who deals with like the compete strong personalities and they're struggling, um, the wisdom of psychopaths. Mm. Like that. Have you read The Psychopath Next Door by Martha Stout? Yeah, I have. So good. I've thrown that yeah. book at so many people. I like I went back. It was like all of a sudden I felt like I was getting some secret information. It was such such a good read. The, <laughs> the sorry, the wisdom of psychopaths? Yeah. Oh. I bet you have Oh, I got a long sure. book list. Well, you know what? Hey, like send over send over your whatever and we'll post it up because I love yeah. sending people like at the minimum, I hope people are more curious about learning about this, excited about it got a fresh perspective or a new way to think about negotiations from what you shared today. I love it. I certainly, I certainly do. We, yeah, no, we, if, we, if we will chat again if that's, if that's not too bold for me to say. Oh, please. Hopefully over like a glass of wine and we well, can, 100%, yeah, 100%. Like, we just need to, re- sure. we need to record it. Cause I think the world needs to hear what we have to say. <laughs> Joanna, what's the best way for people to get a hold? What's your preferred channel? Cause there's a million ways. What do you prefer? Fair enough. So we have a website, the negotiations Please pop on, and you can send us an inquiry through that. Nice. Or we have a LinkedIn profile where we're not we're not social media savants. We're kind of busy running the business, but it goes, it's yeah. uh, we try and put out a coaching moment once every two weeks, maybe every week. So we won't. You got some gooders in there. I was uh, I stumbled. I was down that rabbit hole this morning a little bit. Oh, thank I you. Was, yeah. yeah. So so follow us on LinkedIn or, or reach out to me. I met jo- Joanna Sa- Shea. Joanna S- Shea. S-H-E-A. Uh, E-A yeah. on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, on LinkedIn. Uh, Might take me a bit of time to get back to you, but like I have good intentions. <laughs> yeah. That is a nice way to say it. Don't don't take it yeah. personally. I will get back to you. Yeah. Joanna, loved our chat. Loved your energy. Loved what you're doing. Thank you so much. That was a ton of fun. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you.